Bugs, 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 bugs. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby. I'm Lindsay. <laughs> and I'm Kayla. And this week, I'm going to be talking about The Guest List by Lucy Foley. And I will be talking about One Plus One by Jojo Moyes. So, Lindsay, we are still in quarantine. Still in quarantine. I feel like it's going to go on forever. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that my wedding is going to be held downstairs. Yeah. Like, at the, like, it's going to be held in my living room. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps getting pushed out. And when are we ever going to go back to work? I don't even oh, know. For real. I have no yeah. clue. But here's a very important question. In your quarantine, have you found any good shows to watch? Oh, great question. So I have been watching Mrs. America. It's on who it's an FX on Hulu special. Mm-hmm. And it's about the feminist movement and how there were women who opposed it because they said that it was a attack on Housewives of America, the women who wanted to have children and wanted to be married and you know, all of this. And so it's actually very really cool. Um like they have Rose Byrne is Gloria Steinem, who I actually, I got to meet a couple months ago. Um, yeah, I got to meet her at a book event here in San Diego. It was so cool. Yeah, Kate Blanchett is in it. It's just a great, great cast. It's very well done. There's only four episodes out right now. But I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's set in like the 70s and it's It's a really cool era to watch. Yeah, totally. And it's kind of the the time period that I'm working on for my book and also the kind of the political climate that my book is set in as well. And so I am really enjoying watching it. So very cool. What about you? What what shows are you watching? So right now I'm watching Ozark, which is stressing me out. I don't know if you. Saw your Hulu account, but uh, I <laughs> finished. I finished all eight seasons of Full House. <laughs> oh my god, you're so funny! And I'm also watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I saw that. I that saw is that. So fun. Have you watched that? No, I haven't. Oh god, it is just. It is. It just brings so much life to me. I swear. Like one week it didn't come on, and I was like, okay, Kayla, it's cool, it's fine. <laughs> but actually, to speak to that concept that you were talking talking about in regards to Mrs. America. It's funny because actually one of my favorite movies is Mona Lisa Smile. The reason I love that movie so much is because of that same concept. Because you have Kirsten Dunst's character who is, oh yeah, I'm just doing this for fun, but my husband's gonna take care of me. And then you have Julia Stiles's character who's like super chill, but she's also very intelligent and she's constantly wanting to learn. She gets into like Brown University or something like that. And you have Julia Roberts who's trying to teach all of them to rely on themselves and not a man and and that they can do anything they want to do. And in the end, Kirsten Dunst realizes that this life that she thought she wanted, where she was this trophy wife, housewife, wasn't what she wanted. And then Julia Roberts finds out that Julia Stiles turned down going to Brown University or wherever it was. And she tells her, like, you could have been anything you wanted. Why are you turning this down? 
And then Julia Stiles basically says, you said I can be anything I wanted. Well, what if this is what I want? And I actually really appreciate that because the truth is like, I don't think we should be looking down on anyone who wants to be a housewife, anyone who wants to stay at home and be a mom. I don't think we should look down on those people, but we also shouldn't look down on the women who want to go to work and they want to provide a living for their families. Like we shouldn't be putting anyone down based on their choices. My sister stays at home and she's a mom and she loves it. I mean, of course she wants to tear her hair out sometimes. <laughs> she does like it a lot. And my sister-in-law before she came to America was a pharmacist and she wants to go back to doing pharmacy. And I look up to both of them. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I think women should have that choice. Well, that's kind of what the Mrs. America show also kind of touches on where these housewives are basically saying the Equal Rights Amendment is going to like blow up our lives. But the women on the other side are saying, we don't care what they want to do. Let them do it. We just want more rights for the people who want it, the women yeah. who do want it. You yeah. know, so let them be housewives, even talking about getting better maternity leave. And it's like, okay, this can benefit everybody, exactly. you know, but then the yeah. other women, these housewives are still fighting it. It's very, very interesting because this all happened. It's all true. So oh, yeah, it's definitely because I totally agree with you. If you, it's all about the choice, it's whatever true. you want to do, just fucking do it. Exactly. Like, it shouldn't matter if you want to be a mom or you want to go to work, like whatever. I'd probably yeah. really like Mona Lisa smile. Have you never seen it? I haven't. No. Oh my God. you got to watch it, dude. Like, oh, yeah, it's such no, a good I one. Know. So today I'm talking about One Plus One by Jojo Moyes. Let's start from the beginning. Main character of this book is Jess Thomas. And she has had to have put her life on hold for her family for so long. She's been really dealt some, some tough hands. She is young. She has a daughter named Tansy. And she had a husband named Marty. Now Marty is uh, what we like to call a real dill hole. So the idea is that Marty, he was feeling real down. And so I think he actually had depression, which is totally fine, normal, but he did not go about it, treating it the right way. So what ended up happening was uh, Marty had a son named Nikki and Nikki was getting made fun of and his mother was an absentee mother. He goes to stay with his father, which is Marty and his stepmother, which is Jess, main character. She takes on, you know, raising both children. She's really loving, uh, wonderful mom. Uh, speaking of wonderful women, right? And then Marty starts going through some depression. He's one of those people who does like pyramid schemes and he's just always got like a new thing that he's trying to do. He's like, oh, this, this is the next best thing. And so... Jess is like, okay, fine, okay. But then he gets to a point where he's super depressed, can't leave his bed. And she says, okay, well, why don't you go to stay with your mom for a few weeks just to clear your mind? He's like, okay, never comes back. Doesn't pay child support. He's like, I'm ill. Like, that's what he just keeps saying. I'm ill. So she's working several jobs. Cleans homes for very affluent families in this beachfront neighborhood. And then you have Ed. So this is one of those books where each chapter is like a new person telling their part of the story. So basically what happens is Ed is this guy who works for this huge company. He created this company from scratch. He has tons of money. He has just recently had a divorce. And this woman just kind of left and he feels like she kind of only wanted him for his money. Anyways, so then he actually gets uh, let go from his job. 
And the reason being is because they are charging him with insider trading. Is that something you get charged with? Or is that? I didn't even know, to be honest, what insider trading was. (laughs) Like, I don't pay attention to those things. (laughs) So they explained it. And I was like, oh, shoot. So it turns out he actually slept with this woman. And (laughs) she was being like really clingy, like stage five clinger. And was just like, oh, my boyfriend. You're my boyfriend. He's like, I'm not your boyfriend. (laughs) Like, I'm not. (laughs) And so what he ends up doing is he ends up to get her away. Because she's like, oh, yeah. Like, it's so nice to not have to worry about where my next meal is going to come from and all this stuff. And so he tells her, well you have issues with money. Well, I know where you might be able to get some money because they have this new software that's coming up and he knows that it's going to be really good. And so it turns out that her brother had like a hedge fund, which also I don't know what it is. Oh my God, guys, I have so much to learn. A hedge fund is a limited partnership of investors that uses high risk methods, such as investing with borrowed money in hopes of realizing large capital gains. So hedge fund people are basically like ruthless. That's so funny. Oh, so these these are people who actually know what a hedge fund is. That's what you're telling me. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> the rich people. No, the rich and famous. Yeah. But yeah, so then, so he gets kicked out of his own company, which is like a real ball buster. So he's living in London. And so what he does is he goes to his beachfront summer house just to get away. He goes to his house and Jess shows up and she's like, hey, bro, like you got to pay me. And like, he's like, I don't have all my money right now. And she's like, you know what? Give me my money. I need my money because she's really drowning. So he gets like, he gives her her money. She has to go to her job at the pub that night. They introduced Tansy, who's just the sweetest little thing, a math prodigy. She's just this brilliant little girl. Brilliant. Turns out they want to place her at this really, really prestigious school where it will open up all of these opportunities for her. But of course, very Gilmore Girls-esque, it's going to cost a lot of money for her to go there. The mom's like, "Uh, we can't afford that. But she doesn't want to tell Tansy that. But of course, she knows she has to. Also, Nikki is the son that Jess has taken on as her own. And he is very unique. He's just one of those kids like wears black, has hair covering his eyes, wears mascara and eyeliner, whatever. That's what Nikki is like. And bless him, he he really loves Jess. He actually does love her. He doesn't show it necessarily, but he does love her. And he gets made fun of and beat up because of how he looks. So Jess will actually go and like stand up for him and like yell at the people who beat him up and stuff like that. So she's just a really good mom. Anywho, so that night she goes to work at the pub. Ed actually shows up there. He drinks himself into practically a coma. And then she gets in cab with him, takes him home. And then she actually has to go to the hospital because Nikki has been beat up by some bullies. When she gets there, she does notice that there is a wad of cash that Mr. Nichols or Ed has left behind along with his ID. She takes it with her and goes to see Nikki. When she takes him home that night, she gets a call from Tansy's math teacher saying, look, I know that you're having some issues paying and I know you really want what's best for Tansy. We just found out that there's this thing called the Math Olympiad. She can go and she can um, perform in it. The first prize gets $5,000. Second prize gets, you know, $2,500, whatever. Third prize gets 500 pounds. So it's like, okay, 
Yes. And so what she ends up doing is without even thinking, she takes the cash that she found in the car, Ed's money, and she puts it in a little envelope and sends it to the school. And she's like, we are going to go. We're going to win this math Olympiad and we're going to pay him back. It's going to be fine. You know, she did actually reach out to Tansy's dad regarding him helping. But of course, he's like, we can't afford it. I can't afford it. I'm not working right now. She's like, can we sell the car? No, we can't sell the car. I'm going to use it once I can work again. When are you going to work? I don't know. That whole song and dance. Like, he's a real dill hole. And so anyways, she's like, all right, we got to get to the math Olympiad. So she steals his car that he couldn't come back for. She steals it, takes it, and they're driving to Scotland for this math Olympiad. On her way, driving there, car breaks down. And who do they happen upon but Ed? And Ed is in his own head right now. Like, he's got so much going on. His dad's not doing well. He's going to go to trial. Like, he does not know what he's going to do. When he comes upon them, they've been stopped by a police officer. And Ed's like, all right, I'll take you to the math Olympiad. So he drives them. And so basically the whole story is just all the things that happen while they're on this drive. Not just while they're on the drive, but like that's where a lot of the story comes in because Ed is this pretty selfish, greedy guy who all of a sudden is just in a really bad way and he's in trouble and he kind of needs a way out. To me, it's kind of like he was escaping his problems. He was doing something that was unselfish finally, but he was also kind of running from his problems. And Jess is just this like serial optimist who's just like, I can fix this. I can fix this. I can fix this. I can fix this. And she wants to take care of her kids. And so during this trek over there, she is able to see these moments where Ed is just almost just becoming like a dad-like figure to he. There was a point where Jess is asking her husband, Marty, or her ex-husband, Marty, like, she's like, yeah, you know, he got beat up again by these kids, whatever. Uh, Marty's like, well, maybe if he didn't dress so weird, they wouldn't do that to him. Total eye roll moment where it's like, that's your son. You should be sticking up for him. You should be here throwing a brick through their window. But instead, you're just, well, he dresses in bell bottoms. I'm just joking. I don't think he does. But like, you know, <laughs> that, like, I don't care if my kid wears mascara. Like, I'm not gonna let someone attack him like that. Yeah. But Ed really does stick up for him. And like, Ed kind of opens Nikki up to like possibilities. He's like, you know, you should start blogging. Like, really, you can get a lot of your feelings out. You can make new friends, kind of like that. So Nikki's like, that's an option, you know? And even with Tansy, she's this little girl who's like amazing at math, just amazing. And like her dad is just like, wow, yeah, like she's great. I'm so proud. But then when Jess asks him for the money to help Tansy get into the school, he's like, she'll be fine with public school education. It's fine. It's so sad because he's willing to take applause and credit cheers and the credit for her being amazing. But he's not willing to help put any flourish. Right. No. Put anything into her. Yeah. No. He he wants all the credit and all the reward without actually putting in any of the work. He hasn't done a damn thing. But like you see Ed and Ed's like really actually helping her and helping her succeed. It's so cute. At, at one point they get to the math Olympiad and just when they're showing up, Tansy breaks her glasses because they also have their big dog, Norman, in the car and he's big and flatulent and all this stuff and he's so funny. He breaks her glasses on accident. So what does Ed do? She's like, I can't see a thing without my glasses. It's a very Jan Brady moment. 
But then Ed drops them off at the Math Olympiad and he goes across the street and he buys every single strength of glasses that he can and he runs back across the street and he yells at these people to give her the glasses. He's like, okay, you're going to take these glasses and you're going to take them in there and you're going to give them to him. He's like, no, it's already started, sir. And he's like, okay, well, if you don't do it, I'm going to run in there and I'm going to tear up every sheet of paper. Do you want that to happen? No. Dramatic. It's so dramatic. Well, because Ed, he's trying so hard to be his best self. And it's, Jess is bringing that out in him. Like, it's not just him. He was, I think uh, initially he was running away from his problems. And then Jess showed him like, you can be a good guy and you can help us and you can do something bigger than yourself. So it's really sweet. So he and Jess actually really end up falling for each other because she sees what a good dad he is to her kids in just a like short trip. It's like a three to five day trip. And she just sees how amazing he is. And, and they just start to fall in love with each other. Then when they get back, he does find his ID badge that he knew was with his cash in Jess's stuff. I believe he finds it at her home. This huge fight happens. And of course, at that point, he's like, okay, well, where's my money? And she's like, I don't have it. I used it. And so it's all of a sudden bringing him back to his ex-wife who really just cared for his money. That's it. And so all of a sudden he's like, she's just as bad as my ex-wife. I I have completely glossed over his relationship with his family and and stuff that happens when he goes to see his family. But his sister kind of ends up letting him know, you need to give her a second chance because I see you two together. And I know how much she means to you. And I know how much you mean to her. So it's this really sweet moment of that he gives her a second chance. It is just such a sweet, heartwarming story of a man who has been so greedy in his life. And he's finally found the people who make him want to be a better person. And then you have this woman who all she's ever wanted is someone to love her and someone to support her and be kind to her and basically tell her everything's going to be okay. And she found that in Ed. So it's this really heartwarming story. Um, and, and I just, I love the character of Nikki because there's one chapter. It's a one chapter. It's a single sentence. And it just says, my dad's an asshole. And that's, that's it. That's it. He's just this funny kid. And really him being around Ed, it really opens him up. And Tansy's so much like her mom. She feels supported. She and Nikki finally feel like they can be themselves and they're not going to be judged because they have this male figure who's sitting there not judging them. So it's a really sweet, heartwarming story. If if you just, if you like the movie Overboard with Anna Ferris or even the original Overboard, which was with Goldie Hawn, this is the book to read. It's so sweet, heartwarming, loving and kind of salacious at times. I'm not going to lie to you. So like I read this once before and I just remember that this was my first book where I had read like something so, I guess, not even graphic, but just like, whoa, that happened. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Ever since then, I've read many more, but like that was the first. So yeah, yeah, this this is the book to pick up. She's such a great author. 
everything that she writes is amazing. So oh, really, I mean, I, I've only read one plus one. And then I've also read the me before you series. Yeah, she does such an amazing job. And like she does an amazing job of making you so invested in every single character that she totally. that she gives you right? right. Yeah. So I'm like, I love this character. I love you. I love you. She really makes it so that you feel like you are on this journey with the character. I've read books where I'm like, I don't care. But, but she does a great job of really keeping you hooked. So Jojo Moyes, if you guys want a good love story that also has great characters, pick her books up. That's it. Yeah. I know she just wrote another one, The Giver of Stars, that everyone has been talking about. I might Is have it? to pick oh. one up. It was a Reese Witherspoon book club pick. So I read very new release, Fresh. Fresh off the press. Yes. So it's called The Guest List by Lucy Foley. And it is set basically on just this weekend of a wedding on a remote Irish island. It has multiple point of views as well. The bride, the plus one, the best man, the wedding planner, and the bridesmaid. I'm sorry. Did you say the plus one? I did say the plus one. Yes! A one Done it again. One. I'm so sorry. Keep going. Just I will, magic. I will keep going. All of them have a secret. All of them have a motive, but only one is a murderer. Dun dun dun. So that's the back of the book. Your face. Wait, describe my face. Shocked. Absolutely yes. shocked. Jaw I to the it. floor. But it opens with the wedding planner. She has bought this castle on this remote island and basically wants to throw weddings on it. And she lives there with her husband and it's like off the coast of Ireland. So like no one can get there. There's like no electricity. And she basically fixes this place up to have weddings. And she gets a high profile bride and groom to have the first wedding on the island there, which basically will get her, you know, generate more people who are interested in it. So the bride and groom are Julia and Will. And he is on like a survival show. He sounds like Bear Grylls. It sounds like he's just put in these like crazy situations that he has to like get out of in like survival mode but he's like sexy and hot and all the girls love him mm-hmm. and julia has started an online magazine called the download and so she's pretty high profile as well then there is the bridesmaid which is her half sister olivia the plus one is hannah who is the wife of julia's best friend So Julia's best friend is this man named Charlie, and they've known each other forever. But the relationship is a little weird. They're a little too close, and Hannah Uh has always felt a little bit like, have they slept together? What's the situation? I don't really- Hannah, she's the murderer. (laughs) Just be wait. (laughs) So she does not know how she feels about Charlie and Julia. They have two kids, so she's a mom, and so she feels a little, like, unsexy, and this is, like, her weekend to, like, get away, let loose. Her parents have the kids, and she can just be with Charlie. Then there's the best man, Jono, and he has been with Will since their elementary, middle school days when they were at boarding school together, And they would do these things called survival with the younger kids there and basically put them in crazy situations and the kids would have to come back. So they'd tie them up at night and leave them in the woods and the kids would have to come back. So That sounds like my childhood. That's kind of the setting, right? It goes back and forth between 
the day before the wedding and leading up to the wedding to when the murder happens. And when the murder happens, basically all they say is a waitress comes in and she's screaming and she said, I saw a body, I saw a body. She faints and it's very uh, Professor Quirrell. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Dead body! Thought you had to know. <laughs> so she, she like does her thing and then all of the ushers who all went to school with Will and Jono, so they were all like best buds, they all go out to see what the situation is. So basically it flips back and forth to like literally just like a minute of time as they're like searching for what the waitress saw yeah. to the day before as as the story builds up. So there is a lot going on. It's definitely one of those books where you kind of have to pay attention to each thing that everybody says because it might be a clue. So Julia is about to get married to Will and she's only known him for a few months. They got engaged very quickly. They got married very quickly. So she doesn't really know him. But she did receive a note in her mailbox, not postage stamped. So someone dropped it off, basically saying, don't marry Will. He's a cheat and a liar. You're going to regret this. She's a very independent woman. She's like, oh, it's probably just one of his fangirls. Somehow they found my address and dropped it off, whatever. But it's kind of in the back of her mind. Yeah. Hannah, her sister committed suicide 10 years ago that month. And her sister had dated a guy in college. The family had never met him. It was only a few months long, but she was kind of obsessed with him. But then she ended up breaking up with him and he ended up releasing a sex tape. Basically, you could only tell that it was her. It was like her giving a blowjob. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> Every week there's a blowjob. It was it was a video of her like giving him a blowjob and doing some other things that he ended up releasing to the entire school. And obviously the school like took it down right away but those things live forever. And so since then, her sister Alice kind of like shut down and then she ultimately committed suicide over just the craziness of it all, which is so sad. So that's kind of Hannah's backstory. Olivia had a, her best boyfriend ever. Like she was in love with him. She thought she was going to marry him. And he ended up breaking up with her and started dating her best friend. And so she's like obviously just hurt. And so she gets on Tinder under a fake name and a fake age because she's only 19 years old and matches with this guy named Steven who's like 15 years older than her very very sexy they start going out basically just having sex and then he kind of starts ghosting her and she finds out that she's pregnant so she tells him he does not respond like and she can even see that he started typing but then stopped and then she called him and he wouldn't pick up and then basically blocked her number so she goes to have an abortion and her mom knows all of this so olivia's also not really in the right frame of mind at the time of the wedding she's cutting herself she's very very thin she has like an eating disorder and nothing really is going right in her life she's very very overwhelmed you obviously understand why once that story kind of comes out but like she's very uneasy around will and her sister it's just not she clearly is not very happy about the situation yeah. and at one point right after they actually get married she goes out into the ocean and like the sea takes her away and she's kind of like whatever i'm drowning and will goes in and saves her and they come back and this one's from julia's point of view she sees olivia being brought in by Will and he has scratches all over him and she's thrashing around and like basically wanting to have died. So there's that. 
Then we find out that Jono and Will, when they were in school together, ultimately killed a boy with their survival thing because the boy found out that Will had stolen some paper. He was basically cheating and they tied him up near the water and not the woods like they normally did. And the tide came in. Will knew that the tide was coming in. Jono didn't know that. And so the next morning he's like, oh my God, what happened? And the body washes up like three days later. And it's just it was a freshman. So sad. So that's kind of everybody's stories, right? Yeah. So this was kind of my only issue with this book. It was too neat and too clean. It's too coincidental. Uh A lot of these things are too coincidental. We get to the point where the ushers find the body and we find out that the person who was murdered was Will. Okay. (laughs) On the night of his wedding, it was Will. So kind of at the same time that we find out, we see everyone's chapters kind of explaining the ending of their store of their backstories. Yeah. And we find out that Olivia Stephen was actually Will. He had used a different name as well and dated Olivia, got her pregnant. She had an abortion, ghosted her and started dating her sister unintentionally by him but then when he met her for the first time he didn't acknowledge that he knew her basically was pretending she got on tinder under a fake name and so did he totally yeah and she admitted that and she was like i know that we both did the same thing but then the fact that he came to meet her and totally did not even acknowledge that he knew her before after she told him that she was pregnant told him that she had an abortion. He ghosted her. Like, all these terrible things, obviously, right? Yeah. So we find out Will is Steven. Hannah's sister, Alice, the boyfriend that posted the video of her, was Will. (gasps) And then obviously we find out Jono's story about the kid who Will kind of intentionally killed by tying him up at the water. Then we find out that the wedding planner... (gasps) She slept with him, too. (laughs) Her brother was the boy that Will had killed. Oh! Yeah. Oh, my God! So, basically, we find out that they all kind of have this... Not realization, because obviously Olivia knew, Jono knew that Will had killed the the boy, and um, the wedding planner had actually planned this out to get Will and Julia so that she could have a moment alone with Will, right? And then we fi- Hannah finds out that Will was the person who posted the video of her sister from a couple people who were at college with Will and start mentioning her sister. And they're like, oh, man, do you remember when that video went out? Blah, blah, blah. You'd like that whole thing. And so it hits the reader at the same time yeah. as the lights go out right after the bride and groom cut the cake with a very sharp knife. And they make it very clear that the knife is very, very, very sharp. And (laughs) so then the lights go out and you're like, who killed him? Turns out the wedding planner was the one who who was able to get him alone after the lights had gone out. And she was the one who had the quicker access to the knife. He put the knife in him. But Jono found Will's body and took the knife out trying to save him even though he had motive to kill him as well, obviously. So then it looks like Jono is the one who killed him. So it ends that way where the police come and take away Jono and he's tried for Will's murder. But Olivia, Julia, and Hannah 
I'll basically say, I wish it were me who had got the chance to kill him. Wait, so his wife too? So Julia, sorry, yeah. Julia found out everything that happened with Olivia. She found that out right before they cut the cake because Will had taken Olivia aside and was basically like, you can't ruin my marriage, blah, 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 blah. And then Julia overheard, they cut the cake. So basically at that moment, they all have motive that we now know. And yeah. Like, there's that knife. Will's dead. Who was it? Super sharp knife. It was very well done in terms of suspense. I had no idea who was going to be the murderer or even who was going to be murdered. And the way it builds up where you're like, okay, Olivia went out with this guy, Steven. Hannah's sister committed suicide because she was distraught over this video that was posted. And, you know, it kind of all builds up. But again, a little too neat. You know what I mean? What are the chances that Hannah, who is married to the best friend of the bride, had a sister who committed suicide and who dated Will in the past? What are the chances that the wedding planner had planned this and that her brother was the one who was killed by Will? It's all just a little too neat. Yeah. But as a reader, I do appreciate the wrap it up nicely and and call it a day. Oh, for sure. But I also kind of like things left in the air. Like, okay, yeah, it sucks that Hannah's sister killed herself and that video was posted, but that's that's life for Hannah and her sister. How does that relate to this story? But it was obviously very exciting to hear all this come out about Will because you think he's this suave guy who's on TV doing this survival show. And it was a crazy ride. I'm just saying, if you have a guy who's on TV and is suave and all that stuff, he probably killed someone. (laughs) He's probably not that great of a guy. It also comes out that Jono, the best man, had auditioned for the TV show as well. And they wanted Jono. But Will basically cut him out of the deal without Jono knowing. And so that's another, like, Jono had a lot, you know, for motive. But then that was kind of like the cherry on top. And he's like, starts his best man speech. And he's like, basically digging into Will and just, it's crazy. And I would still, even though I've told you the ending, I would still read it just for the details of everything and how sly. Lucy Foley just weaves this story so well yeah that it is really a very great read and obviously I also like the setting of like a remote island off the coast of Ireland and the fact that there was someone who wanted to have their wedding there like I'm just imagining this you know there's like a rundown chapel with the roof is off and like this whole thing it just sounds so gorgeous so yeah so I I really enjoyed it but I did knock a star down because I think I thought it was just too too, too, too neat. Other than that, I really, really liked it. So it reminds me a lot of um, Clue because it's like that. But as you were describing it, I definitely thought it was going to be like Murder on the Orient Express where it's like everyone. They basically are attributing this is the new Agatha Christie book is what they- No way! Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, it felt like that very much. Yeah, I can't remember where I saw that, but it was basically like, if you like Agatha Christie, it's a very classic murder mystery in the way that, like I said, it's it's all very neat. But yeah, I I I enjoyed it. I really did. Classic but modern. Like it's got the modern twist. It's that's I I love that, and I love I love how everyone had a motive. Those are the best ones because it's like from a few weeks ago when I read Girls in the Garden. Everyone, you're like you suspect everyone, even these characters who sometimes you're like I trust them. 
should I not trust them? Right. Yeah. So, oh, uh, wow. What a great reading. What a great book. I want to read that. As you were talking about it, I actually went on Amazon and tried to put it in my cart because <laughs> I was like, I need to know how this ends. Yeah. Good choice, dude. Yeah. Good choice. Thank you. Thank you. I know. Well, thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening. And please remember to rate and subscribe so that we can make sure that we get heard so you guys can hear more. And just a reminder, we are on all platforms now. And we're officially going down to episodes on Monday. So new episodes every Monday on every platform. That's when we're we're going to be available to you. Drop it like it's hot. Yeah. Drop it like it's hot. Exactly. But yeah, thanks so much for joining us and listening to us talk about books. Woo! See you next week. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.